Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, back again uh, for another match day review, match day 26. Mark's uh, managed to make a very quick fly, uh, flight back over uh, to his, well, his current home, Nuremberg, and has done a very good job to be able to join us on time. So well done, Mark, for making it for tonight's show. That just shows your level of commitment. To the- <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the Nuremberg scarf's back as well, yeah. So I know, I know I'm back in Nuremberg, yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah a bit of a tight one today, though, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, good, good time back in the UK, though. Did you did you enjoy yourself? Oh, yeah, it's been brilliant, yeah. Like, the time went so fast. You know, it seems weird that, like, this time last week, you know, we were doing the show from the UK for the first time ever and, like, now I'm back in back to work tomorrow, you know, so it's kind of, you know, but yeah, it's been great catching up with people again and like actually living in like COVID free Britain as well was pretty nice as well. Uh, I've got my mask back out again for the next uh, God knows how long here in Germany. That's for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. So, yeah, let's uh, let's crack on with a bit of Bundesliga. Uh, of course, uh, this show is in partnership with Bundesliga boxes Um so, you know, go check them out on Twitter and indeed on their website. Brilliant company um, that, you know, provide mystery, authentic German football T-shirts. Uh, me and Mark have got a good hoard already and we'll no doubt be looking to uh, add to our collections very soon as well. So obviously go uh, go check them out and um Please, you know, if you like to, um, drop us a like on this video, uh, comment along. Again, if you're watching on Twitter, pop over to YouTube so you can, you know, have a bit of conversation with us. If you've got any questions, do not hesitate to ask. We will prioritise them um, throughout the show. And please do indeed subscribe uh, to the channel. Uh, we're also running a, a new competition which has gone live on the Twitter page. Uh, just an hour or so ago, um, that Dave Pearson from from the League One and Two show has been running. Um, so go check that out. It's another chance to win um, some goodies, some football goodies, basically a mystery T-shirt. Uh, so just go to the Twitter page to check out that. Or there is indeed a YouTube video as well on our channel, which describes it even more. Um, so let's go over to you, Mark. Let's let's plug in the scores from last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Yeah. So as you can see on the bottom of your screens, yeah, we, we didn't have any Friday night games actually this week for the first time in a long, long time. I guess because so many teams were in European action this week from the Bundesliga. So yeah, no, no Friday night games. But yeah, moving on to Saturday afternoon, Union getting a one-all draw with Stuttgart. Actually, a last-minute equaliser for Stuttgart there to continue their recent improvement. Very entertaining three-two win for Freiburg over Wolfsburg. Yeah, the, the battle of the top four sides going into this kickoff finished one all between Hoffenheim and Bayern. Then, yeah, another defeat for her to Berlin, losing 2 0 at Gladbach. Then, yeah, the, the kind of derby, the Nordrhein Westfalen derby, ended in a brilliant 1 0 win for Köln in Leverkusen. Yeah, so their, their great season continues. Yeah, Dortmund with a very narrow but very important 1 0 win over Bielefeld, who now haven't scored in the last four games, actually, incredibly. So, things are, sorry, the last three games, but it's getting tough now for the away side who are slipping back into that relegation dogfight. 
Then you have Frankfurt with another. They continue their improvement under Oliver Glasner, winning 2-1 over pretty much safe Bochum. Then, yeah, the, the last game of the weekend was the biggest scoring as well, and it ended up in a 6-1 win for RB Leipzig in Furt. Obviously, another postponed game for Mainz as well, who were meant to play away in Augsburg, again, due to covid yeah, a little bit surprising in some ways that they decided to do that at this stage, considering there have been no COVID postponements before that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to kind of put a bit of a blip on mine to season who now have two games in hand. Although the first of them is supposed to be this Wednesday against Borussia Dortmund in what will be a very important match, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah, let's uh, swiftly move on to uh, the featured four. Yeah, So, again, we're getting towards the business end of the season, that's for sure now, aren't we? And we are starting to get more and more big games week in, week out. And, yeah, game number four on the list was probably the biggest game going into the weekend, really, wasn't it? It was that game between previously fourth-place Hoffenheim and, obviously, still top of the league, Bayern Munich. Obviously, Bayern going into this one on after a one-all draw home to Leverkusen, which wasn't the worst result in the world. But, you know, you, any game that Bayern don't win is a disappointing result, let's be honest, for them. That's the way they see it. And usually, let's be honest, they do win after not winning the game before. But this is one of the rare occasions when Bayern have actually now gone two games without a win. Admittedly, far from terrible results. I mean, they played Leverkusen and Hoffenheim with third and fourth, respectively, going into the games against Bayern, but still could be a little bit worrying because obviously we've seen what was a 10-point lead effectively now could become a four-point lead against, um, if if obviously Dortmund can win that game in hand against Mainz in midweek, which won't be easy, by the way, but they've got to back themselves to do it and close that gap to four points. But yeah, as for the game, I mean, it was a very, very entertaining game. There could have been way, way more goals than there actually were. Some would say that Bayern were unlucky. I think they actually had three goals disallowed in this game. All correct decisions, by the way, for off. I think they were all offside. But, I mean, you know, if, if one player is like a metre further back, then it's, they get a two or a three-one win here, you know. But actually, Hoffenheim started the better of the two sides in this game. I think Kramerich forced two good saves early on from Neuer, who was returning. Obviously, he did return for the game against Salzburg in midweek, but this was his first Bundesliga appearance in few weeks now yeah so obviously they had him behind the sticks yeah but Kramerich started well always tends to do well against Bayern doesn't he and had a couple of early chances well saved then yeah I think the first goal was disallowed it was actually Muller who was like slightly offside mm-hmm. told poke the ball in only to realize that the goal was disallowed but then then Rory I mean it, it just uh, Hoffenheim obviously continued to push didn't they after that and they did eventually get the the opening goal didn't they yeah, again, probably one of Bayern's few bogey teams, aren't they, uh, yeah. Hoffenheim? So, yeah, they managed to, um, you know, kind of sh- shake off the that, you know, disallowed goal and it didn't didn't stop them wanting to get at Bayern and a new attack. And the, the brilliant um, David Raum um, got down got down the left-hand side really well and, and crossed well um, across the box, nice low cross and... And Baumgartner, continuing his recent good form, uh, was there to kind of uh, slide in and and kind of get the ball back across goals to where Neuer had already been, so um, and managed to get it in off the post. So that put uh, the home sides uh, one nil up. So obviously, you know, probably des- deserved on the balance of play. Um, as you mentioned, Kramerich was looking good. 
coming off obviously the fresh news that he signed a new deal, which is great news for Hoffenheim, uh, keeping him at the club until 2025, I believe. Um, So that's really good news for the club because it was looking slightly dodgy at one point that he might move on. Um, So leading by example there. But they couldn't quite take the lead into half-time, which he kind of felt was fairly important. But um, that man again, Lewandowski, um, powerful header from a good uh, in-swinging corner from uh, Joshua Kimmich. Um, so 1-1 one, one into half-time. Again, as you mentioned, Mark, a couple of offside goals. Lewandowski got, got one of them and Muller got another. Um, so again, small margins, aren't they? Fine margins, yeah. but... Um, though obviously the one, uh, well, the two big chances I guess for buying that are on side were, were um, one chance for Serge Gnabry. He benefited yeah. from a bit, uh, a bit of a mess up in the Hoffenheim defense when they messed up a bit of a pass. Um, and he went through on goal one on one, uh, with Bauman, but um, wasn't able to, um, you know, finish it off and it hit hit the post. Um, his One of his former clubs, Gnabry, I think he was on loan there for a little while. Yeah. And um, and then the big, I mean, that was a big chance, but then the one where he thought it was inevitable that he was going to go in and Bayern would take the win and the lead um, was when a uh, really nice move from Bayern, really clever dummy from Lewandowski, set up Muller. His effort was then brilliantly cleared off the line by um, Stefan Posh. Uh, and then... The, the ball's basically kind of just laying there on the line, ready to be tapped in. Lewandowski is kind of coming in at 100 miles an hour, ready to smash it in. But um, Bauman gets back really well to kind of pour it away. Uh, and Lewandowski can't score from the rebound. So, and then he did, obviously, it ended 1 1. Um, so, yeah, deserved um, point, I would say. For, for Hoffenheim, Bayern, yeah, they'll be disappointed not to have got the win. But again, Hoffenheim are a bit of a bogey team, especially away um, from home. They've done done buying a, a, a job a few times um, recently. So Hoffenheim would be pleased because the way uh, that, you know, it still keeps them level with um, obviously Freiburg and, and RB Leipzig based on what happened last weekend. Um, so they're, you know, they're keeping pace. Uh, they're well in the mix still for that basically top three place now because of Leverkusen's result has really opened up third and fourth place. So, you know, it's two from four. Either Leverkusen, RB Leipzig, Freiburg and Hoffenheim are going to be the ones who take that, those really highly coveted places. Um, For me, uh, I mean, Hoffenheim have got the best chance, I think, out of them and Freiburg um, based on their squad and depth, I would say. But I mean, it'll be a really exciting end to the season. It's probably going to be the most exciting part of the season, I dare say, depending on what Dortmund can do um, in regards to the title race. And obviously the relegation race will hot up. Um, but I think this can really go the length of the season. And, and into match day 34, I don't think we'll know any of that, you know, from third to sixth or even seventh. So Hoffenheim got a great chance. So I hope they keep on doing well. Bayern, of course, will be disappointed, but they were tough games, Leverkusen and Hoffenheim. So taking two draws, making sure you haven't lost, getting Neuer back, um, you know, it's all fairly positive. They, you know, they cruised through the Champions League, didn't they, in a really impressive display. So they won't be too worried about how they're playing. Uh, it was probably just a case of one of those where, you know, bit of better finishing or a bit better luck with the offsides then it yeah it could have been three four one couldn't it 
Yeah, that's for sure. But I think just touching a little bit more on Hoffenheim, obviously, I think that this performance in many ways for me shows just how far Hoffenheim have come really in the last uh, few. Because obviously, we, we we realized how poor they were last season. And early on this season, they were very hit and miss, weren't they? Like one week, they play absolutely brilliantly. They beat a team 5-0. And then the next, they get absolutely smashed against a team that, you know, they possibly should have beaten, wouldn't they? Like that was how the first half of the season was going. But actually, I mean, things have been so good recently for them, haven't they? I mean, they did brilliant win at Cologne, which I actually thought was un an underrated win, actually. They got that win at Cologne last week. Then they backed it up with this really, really good point. And actually, I was just looking before at their fixtures. I mean, their next two games are Hertha Berlin away and then Bochum at home. You know, so, I mean, they, they'll be fully expecting to get six points. And I don't see any reason why they can't get six points from those two games. And if they do that, you know, I mean, they're going to be in a really good position because obviously we're quite a way into the season now, you know. But by the time those two games are finished, there'll be 28 games on the board. And it'll be mm -hmm. well and truly like the final straight then, you know. So they've just got to focus on winning those two games. They have got a few tough ones as well after that. They've got the likes of Frankfurt away, Leipzig away. And they still play uh, Freiburg and Leverkusen at home as well. So some absolutely massive games between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the likes of Leverkusen will be wondering what did they do wrong because they've only lost one game and all of a sudden now they're back in a fight for top four, let alone for like second, which would have been their aim a couple of weeks ago. So it just proves the standard of that top six, seven this season is, for me, much improved on last season, actually. I think it's a really good standard in that top half this season in the Bundesliga and it just proves that these teams keep winning and getting good points against the big boys as well. So, yeah, let's move on to the, the next game, which was a really entertaining game, actually, between Frankfurt and Bochum. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. A Sunday afternoon classic. Maybe not a classic, but it was a really entertaining Bundesliga game. For mm -hmm. me, this is another one of those games of two halves, really. It's got to go down as that, really, hasn't it? I mean, in the first half, I just thought Bochum were absolutely fantastic. It was like a classic. The opening goal actually came for Bochum, and it was a classic Bochum goal as well. It was a really, really good ball in from um, Stalaridis. Yeah, I hope I've pronounced that right to all you Greek speakers out there. Yeah, but a brilliant ball in. It was one of those like in no man's land between the defence and uh, trap in the Frankfurt net. And it was that man, Sebastian Polter, who brilliantly headed home for his eighth league goal of the season, which considering he started the season as um, second choice striker after obviously Simon Zola, who was very unfortunate to get that bad injury, I think after three or four games, didn't he? But he's been a really, really worthy replacement considering he missed probably the first five you know, four or five games. He's looking at like eight goals in 20 games or so, really, which is very good for a team like Bochum, really. Yeah, he got the opener. Then for me, there was a, a few minutes after that, there was a kind of big moment in the match, really, for me. And it was that man, Garrett Holman, who's been absolutely brilliant in, since the break, by the way. I think he's been brilliant the last 10 games or so. Mm -hmm. He got away free down the left-hand side. He literally squared it right. A perfect ball, basically, wasn't it? It was a brilliant ball. And it went to that man, the Japanese international, Takuma Asano. He has all the time, all the space in the world just to tuck it in for 2-0. And I'm not going to say it was a terrible effort because it was a good save from Trap, but he's got to be scoring that, hasn't he? He kind of side-foots it low. He's aiming for like the... 
far right-hand corner and Trap just gets across to palm it wide. That's got to be 2-0 for me. And if they do get to 2-0, you know, Frankfurt will start doubting themselves because the home form hasn't been very good this season, has it? Their away form has been a lot more impressive. But yeah, that was obviously missed, so it stays at 1-0. I think the rest of the first half, I think that man, Bella Kotchup, almost scores a pretty calamitous own goal. Like He kind of slices a cross in from, I think it was Kostic, and it goes literally inches wide. If, if it was another metre further out, it might have just bent into the back of the net, that one. But they do go in at 1-0, Bochum. But then the second half, obviously, Rory was a different story, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um, the obviously the Frankfurt fans are thinking, here we go again, because their their home form has, has you know been quite um, not disastrous but pretty poor, uh, especially in recent times. However, they were coming off the back of two two wins, obviously, um, you know, again a really good result in Europe as well in in midweek. So I think their fans were probably expecting this game to follow a similar sort of pattern. Their good form continue, but. They were struggling, but into the second half they went, and um, I guess it kind of got kickstarted by a bit of a uh, bit of fortune, really, because um, you know, I did. Into the, they worked to, you know, they worked the ball well down the right hand side. They managed to move it down uh, to Jesper Lindstrom, you know, ever present and ever influential in anything good Frankfurt do going forward, and he he got a shot off inside the area, and unfortunately it deflects off um, Masovic. You know, a massive deflection by Masovic. Um, <laughs> past the fastest keeper making it 1 1. Um, and you know, you're thinking, you know, Balkan, they'll, you know, they'll just settle into a pattern and, and try and keep it tight for a little while and maybe take the draw. But actually, only for, it only took another five minutes for the comeback to be completed by Frankfurt, as uh, again, not a brilliant or a beautiful. Bundesliga goal, but um, you know the main protagonists for Frankfurt involved heavily. Uh, again, they managed to work the ball into the area, and Kostic had an effort which was tapped home, uh, or he re-diverted it um, at close range by da- Daichi Kamada. Um, I think they both scored in midweek, didn't they? Uh, I yeah. think Kamada definitely did. So yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's starting to maybe show a bit of bit of form again. That would be really welcome seeing Kamada. Um, hit form just at the right time for Frankfurt as they want to have a positive end to the season. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Frankfurt were, you know, it, it was like a game of two halves. So you could quite have easily said that a draw would have been a fair result and it almost happened right um, right at the kind of dying embers of the game. I think uh, Trap made a couple of huge saves, one particularly where it was like a double save denying um Polter again uh, and um, substitute, I think he was substitute anti Adeji um, in like quick succession at the back post. So it could well have been 2 2. Wouldn't have been um, an unjust scoreline. I think Balkan would have earned a draw on, you know, any other kind of game, I guess. But um, yeah, good win for Frankfurt. Much needed one uh, to kind of get a bit more confidence at home because obviously, in recent times, we've seen them lose a couple of poor games and they've lost, you know, they've lost the crowd and things like that. So, um, yeah, important win for them uh, to get back on track at home. Bochum, uh, what, you know, won't be too disappointed in, in terms of the performance. Like you say, Mark, uh, uh, 1-0, that chance to Asano is huge. You know, if they go 2-0 up into half time, it probably is a different game, isn't it? Um, but, you know, in, in 11th place, um, 
currently sat on 32 points. They look very comfortable, don't they? Um, so obviously at one point that during the game, they were going above Frankfurt as, as the league stood. So it's a very, very kind of closely run thing. Um, but yeah, I expect them to absolutely be safe uh, for the rest of the season. Um, um, you know, they were a part of a very insane game on Sunday. Yeah, and obviously Frankfurt now into the top half of probably they've not spent much time at all in the top half this season, have they? That's for sure, you know. But obviously, partly due to the fact that Mainz have had two games postponed, but they have gone above Mainz into ninth place. Now, I mean, obviously, if you're looking at the European situation, they are still a little bit out of that, really, aren't they? Because currently, unless probably Leipzig win the Europa League, it'll only be the top... Sorry, if Leipzig win the Europa League or the uh, Cup as well, Mm -hmm. actually, unless that happens, or potentially Freiburg as well, obviously, yeah, because they are likely to finishing the top six as things stand, then it could only be the top six positions that are European available this time because obviously the cup winners do have a Europa League spot actually in Germany. Yeah, So it's uh, obviously the likes of Cologne and Union Berlin and probably Frankfurt will be hoping that either Freiburg or Leipzig can win the cup, that's for sure. Otherwise, it could only be the top six positions that are available. Or obviously if Leipzig managed to win the Europa League or even Frankfurt managed to win the Europa League or Leverkusen, you don't know because there's obviously still three German teams going pretty well and they'll all be quite happy with how things are going. And mm-hmm. obviously Leverkusen lost the game against Atalanta midweek, but it's far from disgraceful, you know. Three, two defeats away, they could easily turn that around. So who knows what's going to go on. Frankfurt, obviously, yeah, they're definitely building the finishing the season a lot better than they started it. Let's just say that, you know, I mean, that was a really a statement win for me away in uh Betis in midweek. This was another good way to back it up, you know, because Bolkham are a good side nowadays. Do you know what I mean? They're a solid Bundesliga side. To back up an away game in Europe with another win in the Bundesliga is always a good result. They probably rolled the luck a little bit, as you say. I would say a draw would probably have been a fair result in this game, really. But, you know, the second half performance shows that they're really starting to play well under Oliver Glasner now. And Things are starting to go a lot better for them. And who knows where they could be come the end of the season. I mean, we could we could see maybe a Europa League final and a sixth-place finish. Who knows, really, from Frankfurt, yep. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, over to Rory to introduce our uh, German word of the day. Today. Yeah, absolutely. Time for a quick Bundesliga glossary term. Uh, this one is going to be one that quite a lot of people are going to be fairly familiar with anyway. So we're on to the G. Working our way through the alphabet uh, with some Bundesliga terms and kind of phraseology um, that are, you know, are used in, in general kind of speaking terms. Um, so this uh, letter and this week's word is uh, Gegen pressing or Gigen pressing, whatever you kind of pronounce it as, um, which, you know, for anyone who kind of vaguely knows football, I guess, is known as a, you know, a high pressing style of football. Um which not, I guess, everyone would know that it pretty much um, originated in Germany because of the work done by uh, Ralph Ragnick, of course, um, at, uh, I think it was when he was at Schalke, was it? Um, um, yeah. Hmm. And uh, obviously it was continued by the likes of Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund and, and such. So, Mark, I know, uh, obviously we know the word quite well, but does the kind of first part of the words Gegen have any kind of, you know, kind of ter- like translation in, into German or is it just kind of a 
generic word. That's no, it does word. actually. A gay. The correct way to say it is gagan, like gagan pressing. Yeah, and it literally means against. Actually, yeah, it means against yeah. pressing. Yeah. So, like, you can also say like, uh, if you like verses in in English, they also say gagan in German. You know, so it's like I don't know Dortmund gagan Bayern. You know, so like. Dortmund against or versus Bayern. So, yeah, that can also be used in that context. But it literally means that against the opponent pressing. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, I guess there is some kind of logic to the word as well. Like there is in most of the German terms, really. But, yeah, it is a word that's very commonly used in Germany. But I think it also kind of, I think Klopp actually popularized it in the, in the English language. That's for sure. He was the one that, he often mentioned that word. I think when he first went over to England, didn't he? Mm. He always used to talk about the Gagan pressing and, but you're right that yeah, Ragnik kind of like introduced it into German football, but Klopp kind of popularized it, I would say, but yeah, definitely a good term. That's for sure. And one that's commonly used within German football and also more and more commonly in English football as well. Good stuff. Yeah, Brill. Um, yeah, so that's that for this week. I thought uh, before we move on to the rest of our countdown, um, Gary Jones just popped on to say good evening. So, Gary, I hope you're doing well. Um, mentions the ever popular Bielefeld doing well to only just lose to BVB. Um, thinks it will go down to the final games, but I think Armenian will stay up. What about you? Well, I'll just ask you, Mark, what do you reckon? Bielefeld got enough or are they now being sadly dragged back into it? Yeah, they are. There's no question about that. I think a few a few weeks ago, I always said I was very confident they would. But I mean, the defeat against Augsburg was a killer. Like not mm -hmm. this week, but last week, that was one that if they'd have won that, I would have said they'd have been fine. You know, but all of a sudden now, you know, it's three games without a goal as well, which is a bit worrying. For me, I think, yeah, they were actually quite good against Dortmund. But, you know, Dortmund this season have found a way to win a lot more than in previous years. And that's why they're still in the title race. It wasn't a poor performance, but the, the result against Augsburg the week before did worry me. I've got to be honest, because that was a poor performance in that game. They struggled to break Augsburg down. And, you know, unless they can find a number nine who is going to start getting regular goals, they might still be down there until the end. But I, I do think they'll still stay up. I think they're a little bit better than Hertha or... Augsburg are a funny one, aren't they? Because they've started to show, like, traditional Augsburg traits again since the winter break. Really, They're nicking those 1-0 wins, aren't they? Yeah. So I think they might just stay up. But I think for me, it'll be Hertha are really, really in dire straits. And obviously, Stuttgart are still not out of it, although things are definitely looking a lot better for them. But yeah, I think the worst that Bielefeld could get this season would be third from bottom. But obviously, they'd be hoping for fourth from bottom, really. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for your uh, question and comment, Gary. Um, yeah, they are very popular, it seems, in English terms. So fingers crossed they managed to hold on. Um, and with one question, the second one comes around very quickly. So uh, evening, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Um, so Mark has asked um, or stated, you know, Herter and... Stuttgart seemed too big to go down, but we've seen it happen to Hamburg and Schalke. So how worried should Hertha and Stuttgart be about going down and not coming back up? Um, really good question, Mark. Uh, completely agree with what you said there in terms of teams maybe thinking they're too big or too good to go down. Um, Hamburg, Schalke, Werder have all kind of suffered from that in recent times. And and, uh, you know, certainly Hamburg have really struggled, haven't they, to come back up in, in recent times. I think they're both in all, all sorts of trouble. Um, Hertha, particularly more, as, as Mark mentioned, in the current climate. Um, 
obviously the the team that I support Stuttgart have seen a bit of an improvement uh getting a few players back on the pitch and playing better um it obviously it just all comes down to how they finish the season now Hertha has still got two three really tough games in a row still to come I think it's Leverkusen um someone else followed by a Berlin derby if you lose those three then they're still going to be 17th um and you know with not many games left Stuttgart have got two huge games coming up in the shape of Bielefeld and Augsburg mm. in back-to-back uh, weeks if they win both of those I think they'll be fine but if they lose both or you know lose one then you know they could re- really be struggling I think Stuttgart at least will get 16th so a relegation playoff game and hope that they stay up um Hertha, I have no idea um obviously we, we've got a bit of a talking point about them again later on um with regards to their new head coach um a very familiar figure so we'll, we'll have to see but yeah very interesting question you posed there mark so thank you very much for that um back over to our our mark um <laughs> do you want to crack on with the second half of our countdown yeah, so for sure, yeah. So obviously the last two games were like classic, uh, you know, high-scoring Bundesliga encounters, yeah. Obviously the first one, yeah, was Furt Leipzig. I mean, obviously Furt famously really going into this game, unbeaten at home since uh, the the end of November, incredibly, before this game. You know, six, it, it isn't as many games as it might seem. It was only six games, but still six games unbeaten was something that they looked incapable of early in the season let's be honest you know but obviously that uh, kind of run was heavily ended by for me probably the most on-form Bundesliga side in the league at the moment RB Leipzig but it wasn't all plain sailing for the away side I mean obviously they did actually go behind incredibly yeah I think I was actually with uh, Dave our co one of our obviously the league one hosts and I was asking him what the score was and he told me it's 1-0 to Furt. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I did, the, the game had only just started and it was already 1-0 to the home side. And it was actually, you know, it was, a for me, Furt's best player by a distance, labelling, really. It was that man. He, he has been very good the last 10 games or so. And it was a goal much of his own making as well. And also a little bit of laxy-daisy goalkeeping and defending from the away side, let's be honest. But yeah, he kind of chased a bit of a hopeful ball through, really, from the fullback, didn't he? He kind of got the better of, I think it was Simakan, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Leipzig defender. Then he kind of just pushed past him, didn't he? But he looked as though he was going to get blocked, but he didn't. And then he kind of got the shot off, which was blocked again. But then he kind of got the ball. He did really well to trap the ball. And then he kind of like hit it. I would say like to the, the near post, really, the yeah. goalkeeper, who probably should have done better, let's be honest, Gulazzi, who has had a good season in general, but this wasn't one of his finer moments. But in, in his defence, I think he kind of tricked him a little bit because it looked like he was going to try and curl it to the far post, didn't it? But yeah. he went the other side and it kind of like, you know, just I would say almost bundled in really in a way. But that was 1-0 to the home side just after four minutes. But obviously, as you would have imagined, after that, it was very, very much one-way traffic, especially in the first half. I thought the first goal was a really, really good goal for Leipzig. It was a beautiful goal, a ball in from Angelino, who has been a lot better the second half of the season, by the way, since Tedesco came in after a, what I thought was a dreadful run of form under Jesse Marsh, to be honest with you, after last season being one of the best fullbacks in the league. He pulled in an absolutely brilliant ball, pinpoint ball for that man, 
Andre Silva, who thumped a header home. We know he loves a headed goal in the Bundesliga. He thumped home a header. That, that was a bit like reminiscent of the Kostic uh, Silver yep. partnership last season, wasn't it? which is something they'll hope to build on as well, which has been kind of building more and more under Tedesco. So that was one all. It kind of continued really with um, the one sideness. I think Nkunku went quite close a few minutes after that, but that didn't quite end up in the back of the net. But soon Nkunku turned provider for that man, Emil Forsberg, who made a kind of would say a, a rare start, really. He doesn't start that many games these days, does he? But he hit a good strike from the edge of the area into the back of the net just after the half-hour mark for 2-1. Then, yeah, it was just a few minutes later and Kunku turned in a, a through ball, which was really stylishly finished by Conrad Leimer, who yeah. chipped the third goalkeeper, Andreas Linder. He, he does score some really good goals, Leimer. Right? He's a player that I really like, actually. The attacking midfielder, brilliant finish actually, chipping it over the goalkeeper. And then just as things couldn't get anywhere, Angelino turned provider again for a nice kind of half volleyed finish by Benjamin Heinrichs, just on the half hour, the half time mark, finished into the bottom corner of the net. It's 4 1 at half time, Rory. So obviously, what was looking like a really good uh, start for third turned into a bit of a disaster, really, didn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, um, as you mentioned, when when I saw the game, I first checked on it, it was actually 1-1. Yeah, like you, I was very surprised. But also at the same time, I kind of thought that Furt would give RB a game because they have been really good at home. And like you said, that run of, what was it, six unbeaten at home um, has been, you know, really encouraging for them. Um, But I think think the killer goal was probably Forsberg's goal because they obviously... um, Linda in goal has been quite um, a good signing for them, I'd say. He's been quite important in, in keeping Furt in games and then uh, a good reason about them not conceding four, five and sixes in games. But yeah. I think he could have done better with that goal. Um, mm. He got a good palm to it and it still went in the back of the net. And that's a, you know, that's deflating once you've gone uh, one nil up early doors for it to be turned around quite quickly. Um, and then RB Leipzig can get on a roll. We've seen them hit. A lot of goals recently past teams, obviously Hertha being one who got um, smashed by them as well. So, um, yeah, RB look incredibly useful right now. Um, to, to be frankly honest, you've got to pin Leipzig as favourites for third. Yeah. Um, favourites, obviously, for the Cup and one of the favourites for the Europa League as well, given the fact that they've got and the buy into the next round, um, into the quarters. Um, so, yeah, it's all looking very good. Tedesco's done a fine job, but, you know, it's not all on him because that squad was there, you know, it was there and ready to be really, really good. Let's face it, there's so much talent in there. Um, so, you know, it's it's a good win for Leipzig. It's a bit horrible for Thurts because the first time they've had a real, you know, spanking for a while and it brings them back down to... Back down to earth, uh, and the fact that obviously they'll probably be exiting the Bundesliga and it'll probably be mathematically done in the what in the next three, four games. Um, but yeah, good win for Leipzig, keeps them, you know, in the mix, uh, as obviously they will be for the rest of the season. Uh, be interesting to see what they can do in terms of trophies and silverware in other cup competitions. Uh, much obviously to probably not. Uh, the dislike of many German fans, obviously, who don't <laughs> like the club. Um, just spotted a few extra comments that have come in from from Ben. Uh, from ben. 
and uh, from Mark. So we'll just go through those quickly, showing Mark before um, before we move on to game one. So Ben um, has mentioned that he watches the show as he uh, relies on it because of Sky's terrible coverage, um, <laughs> which we, yeah, I mean, I agree, Ben. It's, it's a real annoyance of mine the fact that they've not been consistent with things and every time they you know i see lots of people on twitter kind of screenshotting uh comments that they've received back from sky basically saying you know they can't do anything about it and yeah what, what was the point in them buying it let's get it back on bt sport as soon as possible um so let's see what your second comment was uh with regards to a question um do you think uh this is some in terms of Balkan, do you think they're going under the radar in the sense that they deserve more credit for where they are? Uh, I'll shoot that over to you, Mark. What do you reckon? Do you think Balkan deserve more credit? I think we've given them a good amount of credit on this show anyway. Yeah, I think we have. But yeah, I think obviously like in England, it's, it, they don't tend to focus on like the middle of the table that much, do they, in the international leagues? You know, obviously they're mostly focused on the title age, which could also be part of the reason why some people kind of pan the Bundesliga a bit because they say that Bayern win it every year. But we always say on the Bundesliga show, there's a lot more to the league than just... Uh, and I think more, a lot of our guests have also kind of like dwelled on that point haven't you there's a lot more to the league than just a title race as there is to any league really you know and yeah in regard to uh Bolcom, yeah, i totally agree i think they've massively gone under the radar and they deserve a lot more credit i think here in germany they are getting a fair bit of credit to be fair mm-hmm. the, you know that very much in the same way as like Bieler fell last year a lot of not many people fancied them most people thought the be- very best they could hope for was like you know, third bottom, really, and they give it a shot in the relegation playoff. We know that a lot of teams struggle, but they, they've made it look a lot easier than Bielefeld. I think, for me, they've taken it a level further than what Bielefeld did last year. I mean, cool. let's be honest, Bielefeld were struggling for large periods of last season. They did stay up, but for me, Bolkham, since the first five or six games, have been very, very comfortable, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think the home form has been absolutely outstanding. Away from home, you know, they, they haven't picked up many points. I think they're only on one or two wins away from home in 13, 14 away games, which probably they will want a bit more than that going forward to next season. But for the first season, it's absolutely brilliant, really. Yeah, it's, uh, for them, they can pretty much just enjoy the rest of the season. Probably just need one more win to be mathematically safe, but I have no doubt that they will get that, possibly even next week, to be honest, given how good the home form is. Sure. Uh, one more question in from, from Mark Baker again. Um, Mark's asked, um, which team would you say has had the best start to the second half of the season and which team has had the worst? Obviously, in other terms, uh, who's benefited uh, most and who has suffered uh, from the winter break uh, in terms of flow? Um, quite simply for me, the team that's benefited the most RB Leipzig. They've been fantastic since the uh, Rook Runder has started. And the team that has suffered the most, uh, probably Hertha Berlin, uh, because they have been frankly awful um, since since the start of the second half of the season. Mark, any other teams that you want to throw in there for best and worst? Yeah, I think it's a pretty much a no-brainer for anyone who's followed the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think it's very clear that RB Leipzig have massively improved their points per game ratio in the second half. But as you say, Hertha only two points from nine games is just. Oh, absolutely garbage and hence the fact that Korkut has obviously paid for that with his job. I would say also other teams, I'd probably say Union have dropped off quite a bit in the second half. Not like drastically, but I would definitely say 
their points per game ratio is probably close to half a point lower in the second half, obviously, especially since Max Cruiser left. Mm-hmm. I would say probably um, another team that have improved. I'm not going to say Stuttgart because I think they've only won one game, but I would say overall they've been a bit better in the rook runder in all honesty. Yeah, Possibly Wolfsburg too. I would say Wolfsburg have definitely improved, to be fair. No, not so much points-wise, but performance-wise they're significantly better than in the first half, I would say. Good stuff. Um, and again, Mark, yes, we, we 1,000% are going to be doing more videos on, on history and culture um, of, of the league and teams and, and all the different rivalries and stuff. Uh, I think we're going to try and pencil in um, a couple of dates to, to record some stuff in the next week or two, actually, uh, which we've been trying to eye up for a while. Both been obviously really busy um, with various kind of different projects and stuff that are going on. But we do promise, and we have said it a good few times, that we're going to do them, but we will, we will, we will. Um, so <laughs> keep an eye out for those um, for sure. Um, but we're, we're glad to hear that so many people were interested in those type of videos because we we really enjoy doing them. So we shall get on to that as soon as possible. Um, so let's, uh, let's finish the countdown then, Mark, shall we, with game number one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a game this was as well. Freiburg 3, Wolfsburg 2. This was a really, really entertaining game of football. I mean, like, again, you could also say it was a game of two halves with a little twist at the end, I suppose, this one really, wasn't it? I mean, it was like, the start was just like all Freiburg. That man, Demirovic, who had a really, really good game. We talked about him a lot last season, didn't we? But this season, he's not actually had that much game time because obviously Lucas Hurler has kind of replaced him in the first team, but this game, he had a really, really good match. Uh, but actually the first goal was that man, Vicenzo Grifo, and it was one of those free kicks, wasn't it? Fouled on the, you know, in, in classic Grifo territory, really, wasn't it? And he yeah. literally bent an absolutely beautiful effort into the top corner, past the despairing divers. Actually, it was Pavel Pervan, actually, in the Wolfsburg yeah. net in this game, a name that probably most of you guys have not heard of. I also hadn't really before this game, but yeah, uh, the the substitute goalkeeper, obviously, for Wolfsburg, but he couldn't do absolutely anything about that one. Then that man, Demirovic, actually hit the post um, from good work from Hurler, who also had a good game. Mm-hmm. They were It was complete dominance, really, from uh, the home side in that first half, and they completed that dominance with the second just before halftime. And it was that man Grifo again, this time with Herfler turning provider, the central midfielder for Freiburg, deservedly for me going 2-0 ahead at half time. But then, Rory, you know, we, we've talked, I've mentioned before that we have seen improvement from Wolfsburg, specifically performance-wise, more than results-wise, I would say. And then the second half, Rory, they did go, give this game a good go, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, just like any good Bundesliga game, the you know the result wasn't done, uh, and you know Wolfsburg had a real crack at it in the second half, like you mentioned. So um, they got back into the game um, on on fifty two minutes. Uh, really good work from Maximilian Arnold. Um, kind of got got the ball on the edge of the area a bit with a bit of space and really kind of cutely found a pass through to Max Cruiser, who is in that kind of like cheating goal scoring kind of position, uh, being played on side inside the box and, you know, typically kind of curled the ball home um, past Flecken with, you know, great kind of calm, calmness to it, making it 2-1. So that obviously was 
game back on and then the game kind of went a bit a bit stale I guess um both teams not wanting to give away what they had Wolfsburg probably just kind of saving themselves up for a big push towards the end of the end of the game but they couldn't really create loads of chances um I think the the odd um shot by Nemetra and Jonas Wind of course who's had a really good introduction to the team since they uh, signed him uh, but they did get the equaliser quite late on, on 84-ish minutes, I think it was. Um, and it just came from a bit of a mistake, really. Uh, Cross came in, uh, Freiburg uncharacteristically couldn't get a proper clearance on it. I think it was Schlotterbeck who got the final clearance, but it went straight to uh, Maximilian Arnold. He was running in and smashed it top uh, top of the, well, of the net. Um, you know, again, Flecken couldn't do anything with that. And then... You know, the home fans were stunned, really. I don't think they saw that coming. Um, they looked like they were going to drop points late on again, obviously having uh, lost points against RB Leipzig late on last week. Uh, they would have been very dissatisfied from only taking two points from a possible six in games that they played really well. But Nico Schlotterbeck um, in front of Hansi Flick, the watching German coach, ready there, uh, watching a few players, obviously, uh, with that game, somehow find, found him, um, himself up front or near to the uh, top end of the pitch. And a bit of kind of, again, a scramble. Uh, the ball fell to him nicely. Someone chested the ball down to him. And he absolutely connects with it perfectly with a bit of fading outwards curl, um, beautiful strike to find the back of the net. Uh, again, Pervan not having a chance of that uh, effort either, making it 3-2 and they held on um, to collect a really, really good win uh, over, like we said, an improving Wolfsburg side. So brilliant game of football, um, you know, action at both ends of the goal, uh, two good teams just going at it, Freiburg desperate to win for their their dream of Champions League football is still fully on. Um, you know, they can catch Leverkusen or you know, or steal that fourth place from anyone, really. Um, so the way they're going, I absolutely hope that Freiburg can pull it off. I really do. Um, I think they've been, a, you know, a, a real breath of fresh air this season and most of last season as well. Um, and they've just got a real team ethic to them. They keep battling all game long, and um, and they've got quality in, in all areas. They've got you know workhorses like Hurler, but he doesn't get the credit he necessarily deserves for leading the line really well. And Demirovic, like you said, Mark had one of his better games, although he didn't score. So all looking rosy for Freiburg uh, again. Wolfsburg, one of those where they played half decent and just not got a result. Um, they'll be quite frustrated that the performances haven't warranted the points that they maybe they feel they deserve. But I think Wolfsburg are in a lot better place. Of course, they are um, than where they were um, under Van Bommel and co. Um, you know, just making head coaches, uh, you know, silly kind of appointments for no reason, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, they look a lot better now and you know, mid-table finish is probably going to be on for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the celebration from Christian Streich showed as well that he believes that, you know, he can achieve Champions League football. 
obviously it's been made to work really hard with the brilliant form of Leipzig and obviously Hoffenheim as well. But I mean, obviously with Greuther Furt to come up, admittedly that game is away from home next week, but it's definitely another winnable game. And it's a game that for me, they probably have to win. They can't be affording to drop points in that game. But should they win that game, you know, they could easily find themselves fourth or fifth going into the last six, seven games of the season. So, you know, we know that at home, the rock solid, aren't they? They win a lot of games at home. I think they've only lost one, one, at home what I can remember this season so I mean at home they do get a lot of results in a way they can also pick up wins too but they just got to keep going for another what seven eight games now and I think maybe five six wins from those eight and they'll probably get Champions League football next season you know that's got to be the goal but at the very bare minimum they should be getting Europa League football which is still a very very good effort for a club like Freiburg. And obviously, they're still in the cup as well. You've got to remember. And they, yes. they got the better tie as well with Hamburg, although that is admittedly away from home. But they'll sure. back themselves to make a cup final as well come May. So, I mean, it's just what a season it's been. It's just fantastic for them. As you say, for Wolfsburg, I think Kohlfeldt's probably done enough to earn a second season there. I wouldn't say you could say he's done well as such, you know, because they are. A, he does have a Champions League squad ultimately. He strengthened well, though. For me, that was the kind of key point. He has strengthened really well. I think most of his signings have come good for me, in uh, especially Cruiser and obviously Vint. Has both look very good to me, and mm-hmm. there is some reason to be optimistic ahead of next season for Wolfsburg. Okay, so yeah, obviously it took us a bit more time than usual to go through our four games. So yeah, over to Rory to introduce the Bundesliga boxes talking point of the week. Indeed, yeah, we'll not dwell on this one too long uh, because it's basically a similar theme to last week, uh, basically reacting off the news that Tafen uh, Korkut lost his interim job uh, as head coaches uh, at Berlin, uh, obviously as a result of their uh, fifth loss on the bounce to Gladbach at the weekend. So Hertha have appointed uh the uh the well bundesliga legends about right i suppose uh for felix mcgath uh so the question is can mcgath save her to berlin from relegation this season um so mark uh, i mean looking at um you know mcgath kind of alone in terms of what he can bring to Hertha. obviously he's done some brilliant things in germany in the bundesliga before obviously leading wolfsburg to their you know, only Bundesliga title, uh, creating history with Bayern Munich. Um, so I think they're not the kind of two things really to highlight too much. That What I would probably maybe look at a bit more is the fact that he has taken relegation-threatened clubs out of trouble before in the shape of Stuttgart and Wolfsburg at, at another point. So do you think with his experience, he's got a chance of doing of, of turning this around? Yeah, well, I think it's definitely safe to say his reputation in Germany is a lot better than his reputation in England, that's for sure. Yeah. I think, obviously, he had that famously ill-fated stint in charge of Fulham. Which I think he lasted about 10 games, and he was just seen as being this like super eccentric German manager. I think he was one of the first ever Germans to manage in the Premier League at that time, actually, because mm, this was obviously before you... You kind of obviously nowadays in the Premier League, German managers are like a fashion, really, aren't they? With Klopp, Tuchel, obviously Hasenutel's Austrian, but he's still German oriented. You know what I mean? It's like you had so many, but he was one of the first ones, and he was just seen as this super eccentric guy who made his players run marathons on Christmas Day and whatever. You know, it's um, but 
yeah, in Germany, he definitely has a good reputation for a lot of it that for the reasons that you already stated, Rory. He has won Bundesliga titles. He has taken teams out of relegation problems before. He this. My only fear for him, though, is the fact that this is his first uh, first team. A job in football for like five and a half years now actually yeah. and he, his last job was in china actually with shandong luning his last mm -hmm. first team coaching job in germany was actually 2012 so it's 10 wow. years but but you've got to remember he has been a sporting director actually at, at würzburg which is quite near to me actually a lovely little town for yeah. any travelers as well so he has been involved with football during this time and to be honest my, my initial impression is that he is a good uh, appointment Actually, I've got to be honest, because he's famous for getting teams to work hard. And for me, that's what Hertha haven't been doing for probably two years, to be honest with you. I mean, we're not just talking about a recent thing. They've not really been working hard enough for probably all the time we've been doing this show, Rory, if I'm being honest with you. And I think they need to really get out there and start working out. And that's one thing that Felix Magat will demand, you know. He will demand higher standards and he won't be afraid to like kick any players out that are not willing to meet those physical standards, you know. So I would imagine he'll be out there right now getting his players to run marathons in the Berlin cold, you know. Sure. He will be getting them, he'll be determined to get them fit as soon as possible. But whether that's enough at this stage, I don't know, to be honest, because they're in a rut, like a massive rut. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not only losing games, they're just not even competing in games at the moment. And we're running out of time. You know, Stuttgart are improving. Augsburg are digging out results. Bieleveld have got some quality in the side. And I don't know really whether he can save them, but I definitely think he's got a chance. And he is probably, for me, the best appointment they've made in quite a while. I would imagine he'll only be a kind of kind of stop gap really I would imagine he'll leave regardless of whether um, he stay because I don't think he wants another full-time appoint uh, position but I would say he's definitely a better appointment than Corkwood but whether he's good enough to keep them up is very much uh, it might need a bit of luck along the way too to be honest yeah obviously 68 year old now um and gaff so he's not exactly a long-term kind of appointment is he really um but someone maybe to just get them out of the jam um right now um but yeah as you mentioned not not coached for a long time in the bundesliga particularly um he's, he's what the boss of uh flyer alarm global soccer which you mentioned are working with versburg kickers um and so he, he's still been in football an awful lot but herter can't like let him have three four games to get into things can he really he's got to hit the ground running and as i mentioned earlier They've got three really tough games in a row before they've got uh, a slightly easier run um, of games, basically, to kind of save themselves. Um, so, yeah, Hoffenheim and Leverkusen away, then the Berlin derby. Again, like I said, if they lose those three games, is it recoverable from there? Because um, what will be into match week 30 by then? So, yeah, yeah they'll be running out of time for sure. Um so if we're just to answer the question straight up, then uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think you can save them. Mark, what are you, what are you going to say? Yeah, to be honest, I'm also airing more on the side of no. I just think it's too much of a big ask, as you say, eight games to go. And they've got the next two are very, very, the next three, really, especially the next two against Hoffenheim and Leverkusen. I can't see them getting anything out of them. And then, 
pretty much the Berlin derby might be what keeps them up or sends them down, really, you know. And it's like Union do have a they've beaten them twice this season already, obviously once in the league and once in the cup. I don't yeah. think Union have been great recently, but I'll probably still have them just about favourites in that derby. They need to get the fans back in the stadium and get behind them, you know, because there's just so many problems in that at that club. It just seems rotten. And I, I'm going to wear on the side of no. I'm going to say they're going to go down with or without Felix McGat. Okay, no, good stuff. Interesting. Um, so obviously we'll be keeping a close eye on Herta uh, towards the end of the season. Are they too big to go down? We shall see. Uh, so Mark, over to you to close up the show. Absolutely. So if you enjoyed what you saw today at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra, you can follow us on our Twitter, one of the main kind of platforms that we're like regularly involved with. Remember, yeah, also otbfootball.net. Yeah, this is um, the main part of the site. We also do written journalism as well. So remember to check that out. Also remember, guys, to check out our uh, League One and League Two show. As as Rory said a little bit earlier as well, he plugged the competition that they are now doing as well. This is like something that could be interesting for you with the um, if any of you guys who like football shirts as well. you got to kind of get involved with that. Have a look at our uh Twitter page and look on the website for any further information that you're interested on that. It, we are doing a giveaway with Surprise Shirts. We've now got a partnership with this company, Surprise Shirts. It's a, something that uh, obviously Dave has sorted out in the League One show. But yeah, have a look on our Twitter to kind of find out how to get involved with that. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed another show. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy a good sleep tonight after a long trip back from Manchester. And yeah, obviously back to work tomorrow. But yeah, we'll we'll be back again on Thursday for the uh, fancy football and prediction show ahead of week 28. So yeah, all the best, guys, and see you then. Cheers, all.